Hi, this is Lenny Kaiser. Welcome to this episode of ClearedCast. Each year, approximately 200,000 service members transition out of the military. There are so many resources available, it's easy to start tuning them out. One resource Army soldiers should not be tuning out is Soldier for Life. The organization has made some major overhauls over the past year, including a new website and recently launching a podcast. Clearance Jobs chatted with the Director of Communications for Soldier for Life, Lieutenant Colonel Olivia Nunn. She shares some of her top transition tips and knowledge for service members making the jump from military service to civilian life. So thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to be able to come on here and speak a little about Soldier for Life and hopefully be able to provide some resources for your listeners out there. Soldier for Life is a program that was established in 2012 by then the Chief of Staff of the Army, General Odierno. At the time, it was addressing unemployment. The unemployment was high for both the nation and for veterans. And so he knew that it was important that as service members started transitioning upon the completion of their service, that they needed to find gainful employment because they'd given to this nation. And so how do we give back? So I would say, you know, around that time, finding information on how to not only just transition out of service, but how do you do the transitions within your service, right? It's all about PCS or job changes or job promotions. Those are transitions in our life. And I would say back then there was not a whole lot of information. It was out there, but it was kind of hard to find. Fast forward now to 2019, there is a plethora of information. We have over 40, 40 some thousand organizations that want to do good for our service members, but that is a lot of information to wade through. And how do you do that? If you are talking to those service members that are transitioning out of service, that's already a daunting task. That's already a stressful situation. And now you couple that with a lot of data to sift through, how do they go about doing it? And I would say that Soldier for Life and our sister program, Soldier for Life TAP, which stands for the Transition Assistance Program, are two great resources that service members should really be tapping into. How we can assist is that you've got to start your own research. You've got to help yourself. And that research should start as early as possible. Not when you're actually exiting the service, but rather you know that there's probably a window that you're going to exit because you're exiting because you're retiring. So you know that at least a year out or that your contract is going to be ending. But either way, wherever you find yourself, you need to start doing the research. And those are two places that you really need to go look. What are the things that you can achieve as an outgoing service member in the realm of education or the realm of employment? Leaning in on a network of service members that have already exited, those that have already gone through that. And I think how you do that, a very simple way, network yourself. You mentioned earlier the importance of starting early, and I, that's something that I hear a lot. And it shows the shift in kind of the market trends, too, because more and more now I'm talking to service members who are still on terminal leave but already have their, their next job lined up because they've been so proactive about starting that transition process. When should kind of Soldier for Life be on their radar screen? We like to say in Soldier for Life, and you'll hear this in other places, that you should go early and often. Um, there's nothing that, that should stop a service member from checking out TAP, right? There's no one at the door saying, oh, you're getting out in five days? Okay, you can come in. We say at least 24 months in advance. Even if you don't know 100% that 24 months out, you're going to be exiting service, at least it gets your mind jogging about the things that you need to think about. So that way you can take that upcoming transition in bite-sized chunks instead of, oh my gosh, I'm leaving in two months, what am I doing? Obviously that becomes more stressful when you are talking about a service member who's married 
or maybe a service member who's married and has kids. Those are more pieces to the pie that you've got to be able to um, maneuver through because um, it's not just about the service member, it's about the family because the family serves too. So it's finding the best fit. And I think what's important is that you don't have to have the answers when you start looking. You just need to go and become knowledgeable of the areas that you need to start thinking about. Finding a job obviously seems like the key piece of it. But, you know, what we talk about here at Clearance Jobs, we recently did a survey and we found one of the top reasons for people to get out of the security clearance industry was just because they wanted to be in a location where maybe they couldn't use their security clearance, you know, in a commercial sector job. The job you're going to take is going to depend on, like you said, do you have a spouse who wants to work in a certain area? Do you have kids that you're trying to get into a stay in a certain region or be in a certain school district? Filtering from there, then, you know, they have the questions of do, do they want to become a reservist or go into the guard or all. I, I see it's sometimes those second and third order effects. So like you said, if you start that process early enough or even just start the conversation when you're thinking about getting out of the military, you can factor in all of those other things. Absolutely. If it wasn't clear in the question before this, I would say you really need to find a mentor. You know, we talk about having a mentor when you're in service through your career, being able to reach to somebody who's maybe ahead of you in rank, who's been in the army a little bit longer than you that can part wisdom, pearls of wisdom to you so that you can be successful. I would say that that is absolutely still holds true and is very important in finding a mentor that has already exited the service because they're going to be able to share with you what were the pitfalls that they went through? What are the things that they didn't think about? What were the difficulties that they had that you can start learning to navigate through? Because you didn't become a soldier overnight. That was a process to come in. And it's going to be the same when you choose to take off the uniform. And just because you take off the uniform doesn't mean that you're not a soldier anymore. You know, as we say here in Soldier for Life, once a soldier, always a soldier, a soldier for life. And that's not just a motto. That's not just a tagline. That is a that is what we believe in. You've chosen to to serve. And with that comes the value of the veteran, the value of a student veteran. And these organizations that are out there understand that they're beginning to understand that they want you within their fold. Uh, So it's just one, making sure that you successfully exit the Army and two, finding the next place where you belong, or rather the tribe. Where do you resonate well with? And I think that's important. And again, it goes back to you've got to do the research. Soldier for Life and Soldier for Life Tap are just two great places that are going to help get you on that way. And I would say the easiest thing, like I said, is follow us on our social media sites. Soldier for Life, we push out a lot of information on Facebook, on LinkedIn, everything from upcoming hiring fairs to latest policy changes to, you know, opportunities, job opportunities. And I think that's important is knowing that there is a a world of people that want to do good things for our veterans. And it's just learning to tap into that. Today, the issue isn't the number of resources, the more than 40,000 organizations are out there trying to help veterans transition. How do service members maybe find those resources for them out of you know, the multitude of organizations out there. So here at Soldier for Life, we're broken down into regionals. So there is a lieutenant colonel and a master sergeant that represent the Northeast. Then we have a master and lieutenant colonel in the Midwest, the same for the South and the, and the same for the West. And then we have functional areas. We have a director of employment, director of education, director of health and wellness, and then I myself as director of communication. And each one of us overlaps with each other. We all do pretty much the same things. But the important piece is that we develop relationships. We're all all about connecting with organizations that are out there that want to do good for our service members. And so we connect with these organizations 
to be able to create opportunities. And so when we do that, we create a network, a bridge of all these pieces of information. And so when you connect with us, both individually on our social media accounts, reaching out to us, or just simply following us on social media platforms, you're gaining the same knowledge that we have. And each one of us has a Rolodex, I would say, of services and support organizations that we've worked well with. And by following us and knowing what we're doing and keeping on tabs with us, we're going to be able to share that information. Here is an example, uh, an organization that Soldier for Life has worked in the past couple of years with is Code of Support. They're a nonprofit organization. They're one of many great nonprofit organizations. And what they do is they connect a service member who has a need or a want with a resource that they're looking for. That's just one of great organizations that we work with that we can point a service member to. So while we may not know the actual individual organization, but somebody that's like code of support that is tied in with other networks can get that service member to the resource that they need. So that's kind of a quick overview, if I will say, of how we work with other organizations, ultimately getting to the bottom line of developing an opportunity and a way for our service members. And so you've talked a lot about what steps service members should be taking. Is there maybe a pitfall or a common mistake that you see service members doing as they think about or maybe don't think about how to transition? I would say it's what I've mentioned before. They they don't start the transition process early enough. And what I mean by that is they don't think about it early enough and they don't get involved early enough. They, for whatever reason, whether it's because life just kind of gets in the way and they'll make it a priority. And, and I get it, right? We're all busy. Kids can take up a lot of that time. Your career could take up a lot of that time, but you have to sometimes kind of put those things to the side and put yourself first and realize that uh, transition is a journey and you've got to be active in that part. You have to advocate for yourself. You got to know what those resources are and you've got to start planning it out. It's just like buying a home or a car. It's not something you just do on a whim. You've got to really work through it. Really, again, finding your tribe of people that you can lean in on, um, that's going to help you do that. We talk about a lot of clearance jobs right now. Is It's really a candidate's market in the sense that because of the overall unemployment rate, because of defense budgets increasing, there's just really high demand, especially for candidates with an active security clearance. We're hearing from employers all the time wanting to hire these people. I'm sure with your work, you're partnering with a lot of different companies and employers that are coming to you and saying, hey, we need this talent pool. Is there a piece of advice that you have for the employer side of things? They want to help these service members. Do you have common advice or feedback just in general that you give to employers that are wanting to help or that have these job opportunities and maybe don't know how to reach out to the veteran community with them? Yeah, so I think there's a few things that we share. One is, are you connected with us on social media? And are you sharing your information with me, the director of comms, so I can push that information out? That's an easy one. The second thing is, are you creating a veteran space within your organization? And there are great ways to do that. And if you don't know how to do that, Department of Veteran Affairs has a whole section on how to do that. So does Department of Labor. That's a great resource. The National Labor Exchange, making sure that your jobs are listed there. Because that's what we do. We tell people, hey, you're looking for a job? That's a great resource to start with. Are you using the, the resources that you have within your company from a marketing perspective? From Are you paying for paid advertisements? Are you developing relationships with the local installations that are near you? I mean, and I get we're not in every state and there's not an active duty installation everywhere, but if you happen to be an employer that's near one, are you developing a relationship with that installation? 
where you know the leadership, you'll be able to come onto the installation. Obviously, there's a way you've got to do this, but could you come on and do things on that installation and do a, a hiring fair? Are you working with organizations that do hiring fairs, like Hiring Our Heroes? They have large hiring events throughout the year all over. Are you there? Are you present? Because I think sometimes it's not just putting yourself out there on social media, but are you being physically present at these events? Are you seeing where the veterans are going or the soon-to-be transitioning service members? Are you at the events that they're at to be able to connect with them face-to-face and have conversations with them? I think those are some very easy, low-hanging fruit that companies can take advantage of. You had a good example. You need, There's the two prongs for you. You need to be active on social media and you need to be posting positions and all that, but you also need to be physically present present as well or and have that one-on-one connection because I was just talking to a service member who got a job through clearance jobs and that was one of the things that I talked to the recruiter who hired him and then that service member basically she was the first person to reach out with a job and she didn't just present him with a job but she you know made a point of staying connected with him chatted with him was really trying to help him throughout that onboarding process not just to say here's a job apply but hey here's what we need in your application here's what we want and I think smart recruiters are taking that personal approach you know again because it is competitive so if they want to if they want to really help service members sometimes it's, it's not just the social media it's that and the one-on-one reaching out absolutely and i would say the other thing is the things that you could do for yourself go to these hiring fairs and start getting your toes wet even if you are 24 months out from your transition understand what a good resume looks like Again, there are companies out there that do it for free and do extremely good job at it, knowing what those companies are and who they are and understanding that there are some rules to resume writing, right? One resume is not a one size fit all. You probably need a few different types of resumes depending on which employers you're trying to talk to. I'd also say, you know, get your headshots, get a professional headshot portfolio work done so that you can share that. I would also say presentation matters. So practice your pitch. Maybe if you're not a good speaker, go to a speaking class and learn how to pitch because you're going to be pitching about yourself and also how you look. If if you've been comfortable in a uniform for a long time, and you really don't know how to dress outside the uniform. Go seek somebody who's pretty savvy at being well-dressed and invest in the money, just like you invested yourself in having uniforms all the time and being sharp and squared away. The same goes true in your civilian wardrobe. Make sure that your suits look well and they're pressed and tailored to you and that your dresses represent you and represent you well. And I think those, all those pieces together, and as you do them a little bit at a time, will help you nail it, that employment transition piece on the backside. So I know from following you on social media that you are one incredibly busy person. I've never seen someone with so, such a diverse range of activities and events and things going on kind of speaks to the excitement around, you know, hiring and the Soldier for Life community. Can you maybe speak to project, program, event, something that you're working on or that Soldier for Life is doing right now that you're particularly excited about? So I think this is going to be a plug for me personally. I would say what I'm passionate about is actually what I do at work every day. I love the mentoring developing aspect. I love being able to connect with people and listen to what it is that they're searching or seeking or or puzzled over and then imparting with them something that I've learned or developed and seen that light bulb go on. So I get to do that every single day where I think I'm going to be valuable in mass is I am redeveloping the Soldier for Life website. So I've gotten tons of feedback about the website. It's not the greatest. It's not bad, but it definitely isn't user-friendly. 
So I am working with the team to change not only the look and feel of it, but I really want it to be a website that is useful. That when I say, hey, go to the Soldier for Life website, it is a site that has resources for you. So that way you can start thinking about that transition piece whether it's employment or education or health and wellness, or maybe it has nothing to do with transition, but you just need a resource because you're in service and you need to figure out a health and wellness piece. That's something that I'm really passionate about. It's going to take some time. There's a lot of work that goes behind it, but I am in the middle of uh, trying to change that. I'm hoping to be able to unveil that sometime uh, this year. That is my goal. And then I think the other thing, what I don't know if it's necessarily upfront is that while I serve as a director of communication for Soldier for Life, I also do women initiative, diversity, and inclusion. And I feel like it's something I always talk about. I mean, I think it pairs naturally with what I do. And so I spend a lot of time going to different organizations and I've been invited to be a key speaker or a panelist at many different places. Just being able to meet other powerful women leaders that are out there, um, both that are still serving and those that have served. To be able to lean in on their experiences and to being able to connect with them and then being able to meet other women and just kind of share in the same space of acknowledging that serving our nation's tough and serving our nation as a woman sometimes can be really tough and lonely. But how do we lean in together? How do we connect to each other as a tribe of women leaders? to uplift and to support. And I think that's something that we don't always do. And that's not something we've always done. I think it's just, we've learned to be really good at what we do. And we've kind of buried our heads and just kind of really, really aggressively dug in to be good at what we do and not necessarily kind of lifting our head up and looking around and realizing that there are other women around us doing the same thing and that we've got to acknowledge each other and work together. So that takes up a lot of my time, but I love doing that. And um, so I, I just feel lucky that what I'm passionate about, I get to do every single day in uniform. Finding that passion and applying that, I mean, it makes you successful with what you're doing and communicating the Soldier for Life story. And as other service members transitioning, kind of find that thing that they're passionate about, that that will certainly help them. And then the mentorship piece too. Again, we can't really say enough. You've mentioned it throughout and, you know, whether you're a male or female service member, if you have somebody alongside you that, in my experience, that tends to make a big difference in terms of how successful they are. Absolutely. Um, So I would say that if you don't remember anything in this podcast, I would say that Soldier for Life and Soldier for Life TAP are two great resources. um, And then you've got to do the research early and find a mentor. Is there anything else that you want to make sure we address? Appreciate the time and the opportunity. And again, would love people to follow Soldier for Life on all of our social media platforms. We do share. Would love to have feedback as well. If there's something that you think that we're not doing or not providing, you can always send me a message. We're all here trying to do the same thing, which is supporting our service member. And I think the work that we do, whether from a nonprofit or from our space is vitally important. I think we just need to connect and keep that in mind. This is Lindy Kaiser, Senior Editor of ClearanceJobs.com. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Cleared Cast. For more security clearance news and defense industry information, please visit news.clearancejobs.com.